You're listening to the Alternative Investor Mastermind, where we do a deep dive on alternative investment opportunities and the lifestyle it can create. Join Jack Krupe as he presents actionable tips and tricks in doing passive real estate away from mainstream strategies. Go beyond the usual fix and flips and try less explored yet rewarding investing ventures from multifamily properties, mobile homes to Bitcoin mining. Do not miss this opportunity to escape traditional assets and finally create wealth without Wall Street. Now your host, Jack. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Alternative Investor Mastermind. For those of you that are watching on YouTube, you may see I'm bundled up a little bit and there's a different background here. I'm actually in Europe this week. I have a meeting or two and I'm also going to see one of my favorite comedians, uh, Bert Kreischer, is on his European tour. So uh, I was able to plan a trip around a show. So part of the fun of being a passive investor is that I can shoot across the pond for a few days and have a couple of productive meetings and catch a fun show. So that said, I want to talk today, I've gotten a few questions on, is real estate overvalued? And really uh, just talking through kind of things like how high can rents go? Is occupancy going to become a real challenge? And just uh, there's a lot of panic out there. So I want to talk through some of those things and my take on that and give a couple updates on projects that we are actively invested in as well. I think nothing's better than a real case study. So regarding rents, first and foremost, a majority of the projects that we invest in we're forcing appreciation. We are buying that value-add product where rents are below market, where prior ownership maybe owned the asset a long time and just wasn't really pushing to renovate. They would just maybe slap some paint on it, keep the rent where it is, and put somebody new in there. Units that uh, we're involved with, we want to put in, in general, kitchens, baths, flooring, where rents can sometimes go up three to $500 a month. And when you're adding that type of value, that 300 to $500 per month, and you're buying or selling at a 5 or a 6% cap rate, you can generally multiply the amount of increased profits by 20. And so raising rents by $5,000 a year, 5% cap rate, you can multiply it by uh, 20 not sure if my math is exactly right there, but either way, for every 5,000 increase, it's roughly 100,000, depends on if it's a five cap, a six cap, et cetera. As far as what happens if we have a recession, so you're starting to see layoffs at big tech companies. And overall, that's not generally our tenant base. A great majority of our investments are in workforce housing. So while the economy may be slowing in some circles, there's still a major labor shortage. And if you're invested in the Southeast and the Sun Belt, that's still an area where populations are rising and going where the jobs are. So the other thing that happens is if we do have a down economy or a recession, people tend to downsize or lower their budgets. So if we're in an area where our apartments that are newly renovated are $1,400 a month and the high-end class A was 2000 or 2100 a month, if people do need to tighten their belt and downsize, they're more likely to move down to the nicest class B apartment and they'll pick up the $1,500 rent instead of their $2,100 rent. So I think overall, regardless of if there is a recession, we will continue to have strong investments. And the last point, and this actually came up in a conversation with one of our operators, the average baby boomer turned 65 this year, and there is still worker shortage. And that's likely to continue for a number of years. And part of this whole inflation thing is that wages have had to go up just because there was not enough workers to fill the jobs. We're just chatting at lunch and um, it's kind of the back of the napkin type of calculation. But what he'd said was, what does it take to afford $75 a month in extra rent? And if you factor in a 40-hour week wage, it works out to maybe 60 to 70 cents an hour increase 
And that increase can support $75 a month extra in the paycheck. And I think what we've seen, especially in these middle-class type jobs, the pay is going up significantly. I saw a sign when I was in California, In-N-Out Burger, and it was $20 an hour for In-N-Out Burger. So a couple of case studies here. We have a project calling the Jacksonville Portfolio, and we actually started that in June. And the sponsors actually put in a few million dollars of their own money at closing. They've been continuing to raise on the deal after closing, and we actually still have it available for those investors interested. Check out our website, jcaminvestments.com. And that property, we're seeing an 18% increase in rents without renovating a unit. And when we have uh, renovated units, the increased rent is going between 50% and up to 76% higher than the previous rent. Now, there's an art and science here. We want to keep occupancy as high as possible, but we do want some vacancies so that we can renovate units. So it's a balance of raising rent and keeping a good tenant in for another year versus kind of pushing the rent to the point where a tenant moves out and we renovate and we can release the property at a much higher rate. Good exit in the fourth quarter uh, property, Lionsgate. I actually sold at end of quarter three and rents were up about 20% across the board and sold into the higher interest rate uh, economy here and uh, still realized an IRR of 36, which was pretty awesome. And one other data point here, another property we have, St. John's Point. Average base rent has increased by $105 or 9% in the second quarter. So rents went from roughly 11.28 to 12.33 in quarter three. And this is actually the highest based rent that that property has ever achieved. So it's higher than the budget and it's higher than all the pro forma expectations. So, and that's one of our more stable properties. That wasn't a super heavy lift. That wasn't the type of building that was a big reposition. That was a building where we went in directly with Fannie Mae debt, relatively low to value. And that's a slow and steady one and it's performing really well. And we have no interest rate risk because we have long-term fixed rate debt. And last update, one of our Dallas properties, they've renovated 48 units so far. And on average, they're $92 higher than the underwritten rents and $333 or 36% higher than previous rents. So those are all uh, just great real world, real updates on properties that we are actively invested in. And we're going to start doing more of that on the show. There's no substitute for just real data on real deals. And the feedback's been good on that. And so we're going to continue to do that. All right. One last case study here. And this came up over the weekend. Actually, I attended an event called Raise Fest and Bob Frazier was one of the guest speakers. He gave some great knowledge on economics. And I'm going to actually probably talk to that in more detail on another episode. But a couple of people have mentioned inflation and gold and silver as maybe an alternative to real estate. And ultimately, other than there was a crazy run in the 70s when the US went off the gold standard, because prior to that, gold was regulated and the price was somewhat fixed. And gold shot up like crazy in the 70s. But that was really kind of a once in a lifetime thing because it had been deregulated. But if you look at commodities from the 80s on, they've not outproduced real estate at all. They've not outproduced the stock market even. And something like silver or gold, it doesn't pay a dividend. So you're sitting on it and just waiting for the dollar to decline or just gold to or silver to shoot up in value. And ultimately, it's just not been as effective. What is effective is cash flowing real estate. And as I said, to some extent, the worst case is the stock market at least still does better than gold or silver when you plot it over a 20 year plus period. So to me, the ultimate hedge against inflation is to have conservative leverage, but leverage on real estate where rental properties, the rents can adjust every year with inflation. Sure, expenses will go up to some extent, but 
with fixed rate long-term debt, that's the ultimate hedge against inflation. And inflation is really a transfer of wealth from savers to borrowers. And if true inflation is really something like 8%, in 10 years, things will cost double. And in 10 years, a dollar will be worth 46 cents. So staying on the sidelines is a bigger risk to me. The biggest risk is just staying on the sidelines and staying in cash. Very difficult to time the market. And yeah, I think everybody should take a serious look at just increasing their portfolio in alternative investments. And we're here to help with that. So that's it for this episode. Please subscribe, like us, add a review on iTunes and subscribe to our YouTube channel. And please follow us on all social media of your choice. We have a Facebook, we have Instagram, we have LinkedIn and YouTube. And you're going to see a little bit more content on YouTube in the coming weeks as well. So please subscribe on your platform of choice and reach out. That's and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Investor Mastermind. Now that you know the many alternative opportunities out there all up for the taking, you can finally become ultra-connected and ultra-wealthy. Get more valuable advice from the experts by subscribing to the show at alternativeinvestormastermind.com. Become a winner in the world of passive investing today in alternative investment strategies. Thank you for joining us. Until next time.